Hello, hello, hello. Oh, it feels really good to be back. Welcome to Oye with me, Alexandra Flores. Uh, a lot's been going on in my life, uh, but in summary, I moved to LA. And it's been great. And ironically enough, today I'm speaking with LA-based Christine Rodriguez, founder of lifestyle brand Girl Collective. We talk her brand origin story, why she keeps going back to India every year, and talks a little bit about her experience with Justin Timberlake. Because I think at this point we can all agree he's trash. Go watch the Hulu documentary, hashtag free Britney, forever. Oh, and I get interrupted mid-interview by my cat, but I kept it in because it is very, very cute. Be sure to listen for it. So I did, I mean, we are of that age. I did watch your Instagram stories and I did spend an hour last night trying to uh, look up the TikTok uh, sock curling <laughs> technique. I am fascinated and I'm going to try it probably tomorrow when I wash my hair. <laughs> I know. So literally, I haven't even checked my messages because I know I texted them yesterday and so many people are like, send me the video, send me the video. And I'm like, I cannot send everybody the video. I will share a video once this, once this, like, first of all, this is day two and it's still curled. That's so amazing. That's great. Um, so I'm like, once I need to wash my hair again, then I will record a little video and I will post it because I cannot tell you how many people message me both on my private Instagram and Girl Collective because honestly, it's great. And like, yeah, I tried the bathrobe before the socks. And the bathrobe was fine. Bathrobe. I think it was like, yeah. So like a bathrobe, um, like the thing you tie around the bathrobe, like the little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. the know? little wrappy so thing. You like put that across your head and you wrap your hair into it and then you tie it at the end. And it was fine. I just think it was like less comfortable kind of because the bathrobe's so long. Um, and then the curls were smaller. So mm. with the socks, I feel like the curls were bigger, which is why it looked better, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but I like to start like the conversation usually with like who you were as a little kid. Like, what was your childhood like? Well, now obviously it's this is posed differently, but I was bossy. Um, <laughs> you know, I just I was my so I had four brothers, um, a very like mixed family, two stepbrothers, two half brothers. Um, a half sister. And so I feel like in both households, I was, I always felt like I was the oldest, even though I wasn't the oldest. But I just felt like I was the assertive one. And I was the one who knew what I wanted and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to play. And so usually they would be like, okay, you know. Um, <laughs> so I used to love playing with Barbies. That was always a big thing for me until I got. You can tell like, you were you were the one. Old. Yeah, you were the one directing like the the narrative. Like Barbie had to do X Y Z, and you were the one directing. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I loved Barbies until I don't know. Like I remember being so sad when one of my friends came over and she's like, "Um, you still play with Barbies?" I'm like. No. <laughs> I no, shit you not. I just care. had this conversation with so like the last person I interviewed. I'm like, I low-key oh, played with Barbies probably to a questionable age. No shame. Yep. <laughs> and I loved like dancing and listening to music in my room by myself. And that was like Mariah Carey and Selena and Instinct, obviously. Um <laughs> what who and, now who yeah. was your boy? Justin. 
Okay. Justin was my boy, and then I met him when he was eight, when I was eighteen, and he broke my heart. And so <gasps> after that, I was like, <laughs> it changed my life. And I was like, you know what? We just can't put that much pressure on celebrities like that, and they are just humans at the end of the day. Was he mean? And I had put ten. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he oh. wasn't mean, but he was rude, and it like definitely like was like a stab in the heart after being in love with him since I was nine years old. But I went, I went on to work in the music industry. And so I came to better understand musicians, celebrities, all that stuff. And that kind of helped with my healing. (laughs) Well, going along with that, I guess like, well, you said you kind of like knew yourself pretty well when you were younger. Did you know what you wanted to do like career-wise when you were in like high school, college No, I honestly had no idea. So when I started college, I thought that I wanted to major in sociology. So that was my first major. Um, And then I changed to wanting to actually do um, communications with Mm -hmm. emphasis in radio. So then that's actually what I got my degree in was broadcasting. Then that changed again, you know? So (laughs) yeah, it was a little journey. So you worked in broadcasting for a minute though? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I interned um, at Power 106 in LA. When I was interning there, it was still the Big, Big Boys Morning Show. And um, my husband and I met there. I was doing like, you know, I was interning and I was doing like both voiceover work and stuff like that. So I kind of fell in love with that. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I would see the record label people coming in and out. And I was like asking questions like, oh, what do they do? Like I had mm-hmm. only ever known like the radio side of it. And so when that was presented to me and I met some record label people, I was interested in that. And so I started interning at Def Jam. Um, and then I ended up working at Def Jam out of college, like four months out of college. And yeah, I worked at Def Jam and Warner Brothers. And I worked at a startup doing uh, like production stuff, music videos. And yeah, I had a seven year career in music before I became an entrepreneur. Do you mind if I ask how old you are? I don't have to include this. Yeah, yeah, I'm 32. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm 27 and I'm like living, like, I just like, I always think about that. Like, I'm just now kind of figuring out like the kind of direction I want to go in. You've done a lot of shit for 32. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm sure you know that, but yeah. Thank like, you, thank you. I think, yeah, some people are just lucky and like, I'm definitely like a type B kind of like go with the flow and the flow never went with me. So it's like, I'm just kind of like, I get that. And I feel like I always felt like I was such a, like working in the music industry and I, you know, thinking that was my path and that was what I put all my time and energy into. And I did my time, you know, all of the love work of like building up my, what I thought was going to be my lifelong career. And that didn't happen, you know, and then I ended up working at an agency and, and then what led me to start Girl Collective was, um, a trial where I testified against my abuser and mm-hmm. all of that just like threw my life into this crazy space that I just didn't know what was up from down anymore. And I felt like, okay, the music thing and the, and the agency thing and the entertainment thing isn't, isn't like helping me get through this. And so I need to mm-hmm. figure out what is going to do that, you know? And so after going to India, I ended up working at a yoga studio, which like was not at all <laughs> in my plans. And I felt so like, lost because I thought like Christine how did you have this like seven year long career in music then you come back from India and you're working at a yoga studio Mm -hmm. like cleaning mats and toilets and like doing all this stuff that quote unquote like you went to college so that you would have a good job after college and now it's like you know for me at that time I was like you could have done this job without doing all of those seven years all of that other stuff and I 
you know, I think society puts so much pressure on us to think that like, we have to be at a certain space in our life at, you know, Mm -hmm. at a certain time and, or you can't do these kinds of jobs because it's, you know, it's not what you're supposed to be doing if you're a college grad and like, what Mm -hmm. did you do spend all that money on college for then if you're just going to do this, you know? And then I realized like, I learned so much at that job when it came to humbling myself and yeah, going from working in the entertainment industry to literally cleaning up people's sweat off the floor and then watching me clean up their sweat off the floor. Uh, That is a very, you know, humbling experience and something I think I needed at that time as much Mm -hmm. as I was like, what am I doing? You know, having those moments like, what am I doing? I'm at that time, I think I was 29, 28, 29. Um, But I do think that everything happens for a purpose and all of those seasons were for a reason working in music working at the yoga studio everything taught me a different thing about what was eventually going to be my like entrepreneurial journey Uh, something i thought was interesting is yeah you went through a pretty traumatic experience and then you decided to go to india but i wonder why india like it's very random but it's like i i think it's a i mean i obviously really want to go there one day myself but like why india yeah um i still don't really actually know the answer to that question i at the time i wanted to volunteer somewhere and i had started looking into just different volunteer programs and all that stuff i applied a couple of like i was like looking at a couple different things i found this thing in thailand i'm like thailand's beautiful I had to just go out there and like, you know, eat, pray, love journey and all that kind of stuff. And then I, one of my girlfriends who was in the Peace Force sent me this program in India. And I, the minute I opened it and I saw that they not were only, you know, it was a women and girls empowerment program, but also um, they had a no bad touch program to educate young girls on child sexual abuse, which was what happened to me. I was like, okay, this is, Mm. this is the thing. Yeah. That's, that's why India. Dang, that's cool. So what's like one memory that like really stuck out with you, with you, to you, to you <laughs> from yeah. India? Because I know you go back frequently. So I wonder like, what yeah. was it about that first time you're like, oh shit, I got to come back. The first time was probably when I checked into what was, is the guest house where a lot of volunteers stay. It was, you know, it's the longest journey, 24 hours to get there. I had never traveled internationally by myself. And, in, you know, most people tell me, like, they speak English lots of places, you know, it should be fine, blah, blah, blah. But in the small town that I was staying in, that was not the case. When I finally got to the guest house, I was so excited because I'm like, there's going to be other volunteers there. And then I got there and I went to go eat dinner and it was like a table full of volunteers and not one of them was speaking English. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Like, I never thought about the fact that these volunteers could totally be- speak a different language and like not even speak English and so oh my god Christine like you thought you were going to come here and find this community of other volunteers and actually like no you came here by yourself like you are by yourself regardless of meeting other people because there may be language barriers there may be other barriers you know so I cried and I called my mom obviously (laughs) (laughs) crying and I called my now husband crying and they were both you know my mom was like it's like if you want, I can, I can scrounge up some money to send you money so you can fly home. Like, I know that this is overwhelming, you know, all that stuff. And my mom is definitely not like a get out of jail free card kind of mom. Like she mm-hmm. is, I was really surprised she offered that, but I think that she could tell I was so like, this was my, this was one of my breaking points. So after that, I was like, no, thank you. But 
I have to do this. Sometimes yeah. you need a good cry, honestly, to <laughs> yeah. like wake you up from things. <laughs> yes. And so then what's led you then to keep taking, like, I assume you take, I mean, you, you go with your team back to India. Yeah. I mean, obviously this didn't happen this year, but why, why continue going back? So obviously after that, like mental breakdown, I had to <laughs> realize that like, there's a lot of culture differences between countries and a lot of things that I learned from Indian culture that again, like I knew very little about before getting to meet the girls that are in the boarding homes that, you know, Simbali Trust runs was just, it was like, I don't know, that moment of meeting the girls and seeing their, what very little they have and how joyous and happy they are and how much they want to learn and go to school and all of the hopes and dreams that they have for their lives was just life-changing mm -hmm. like I had never I had never felt that that type of energy around me like surrounded by all of these little souls who are so young and so hopeful and that really changed me and I thought like I can't just come once and leave and like be like that was great you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I I couldn't forget about them I thought okay if I start something where I can send money back at least I feel like present in the way that it's supporting them um so every year we go back to volunteer again and for the volunteers to then meet the girls because obviously we have a lot of girls on the girl collective Instagram and stuff the community that has seen you know these girls through the years and and will message me like oh my god you know I can't wait to go with you next year the second year, it was me and two girls, Angel and Priscilla. And then the following year, it was me and four other girls, Angel and Priscilla and Kelly and Gotten. And so we all went together and it was five of us, which was the biggest group so far. The smaller groups allow us to keep a little bit more, you know, not overwhelm the girls. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we'll ever take like a giant group. I would rather take like small groups throughout the year is the goal. Um, so obviously next year, it would be great to be able to go back. So then where does Girl Collective come into play? And I'm also curious, like the name too, because the spelling is interesting for people who don't know. It's G-R-L Collective. So I actually started and like was working on the website before I even got back from India. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought of Girl Collective because before I had left, I was doing all of these different things. I had like a little nonprofit where we were volunteering in downtown with the Women's Center. Um, we were doing Adopt a Family every year. Uh, I also had a women's group for women that worked in entertainment for us to network and help each other get jobs and all that stuff. And Send me the so link to the that. Collective. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> I will. Um, so that was like, I knew that it was going to be something where I was doing more than one thing, you know? And so even though I knew I was going to make jewelry to raise money for the girls, I thought like, I know this isn't going to be like jewelry co company. Like this is going to be a collective mm. of different things because the heart of this is giving back. And so how do I make a company name that signifies that it is a brand and it is a company, but it also is a lot of things. Girl without the eye came of like taking the eye out of girl, like all of us. And, and like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so everything on our site is designed by us. Oh, okay. Um, we do collaborations um, with other BIPOC owned brands. Mm -hmm. So depending on what the collaboration is. So everything like design ideas, they come from me that has always been and 
currently is still the thing. Um, <laughs> we now have an in-house designer, Dina, who I just hired actually during like the holiday time, which has been such a blessing um, <laughs> because sometimes, you know, I have these ideas and would be trying to figure out which designer I could reach out to and, and pay for a commission and all that stuff because I don't draw. Um, but I do do the stuff that's like tech stuff. So I do know how to do illustrator mm. um, when it comes to like things that are not drawings. Um, <laughs> before that, we were just doing jewelry. So because I had been making jewelry to raise money for my trip to India, that was the thing I knew that I could hand make to mm -hmm. give back. And so I started with that and I was literally just supplies from Michael's. Then I found my partner in India who he actually is in Jaipur and they're known for their stones and the, their beautiful jewelry. And so him and I formed a partnership and he now hand makes the majority, actually all of our jewelry, which was a goal of mine, obviously, to be able to empower artisans and give them the money. And then when we got into clothing, the AOC for Prez was the inspo behind the entire reason we even started doing clothing. And that was when I worked at the yoga studio, I was talking to one of the girls and I was like, God, I really want an AOC for Prez sweatshirt. <laughs> And she was like, you should make it. You have a business. Like, and I was like, no, like, I don't, I just do jewelry. Like, I'm not going to do clothes too much, sizing. It's a whole thing, mm. you know? And she's like, well, I would buy one, like, if you did it. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try. Um, which has now, you know, led us to where we are now. Yeah. And I was thinking about this when I was like looking at your site. I mean, there's, and out of the last like four or five years, a lot of lifestyle brands similar to yours have come out with similar messaging. I wonder like, where do you think the messaging goes now? I have thought about that a lot in the past, like I would say a couple of years, mm -hmm. um, because after, you know, I've realized that a lot of our designs that have done really well are politically driven. You know, they yeah. are things that are timely. Sometimes they are things that go viral or whatever has happened and that specifically happened with our lucha design and that changed the trajectory of our entire business because of that design going viral mm -hmm. and i think what i realized is that bigger than the you know there's a lot of brands now i would say that are putting more political messages on mm -hmm. their stuff um when we came out with the aoc stuff that was over a year ago um and i'm with them when i didn't see it anywhere which is why i made it now that's a whole different situation, you know, mm -hmm. but I would still say that like, there's a lot of, I, I guess for lack of a better term, a lot of more white feminist brands that are putting out stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And so my audience, like our community, I think looks more for the women of color icons. And so mm -hmm. I try to integrate that more so as our messaging than anything um, and people of color icons. So I think that that's a big thing for us, like making sure that we are celebrating those icons because it is important in our communities instead of just making it political where we're actually working on something about Bad Bunny, which I was trying, like, I'm a huge Bad Bunny fan and, I, you know, a lot I of love our him. community is. <laughs> I love him. I'm so attracted. I it's painful. Oh my God. <laughs> but just like with AOC, like I tried to think when I was creating that design, like, there's a reason that she resonates with so many of us, especially, you know, Latinas. And I think that the reason behind our brand is to empower women of color, right? And, and to mm -hmm. give back to social justice issues. How do I make this about more than just like AOC is great? Like there are reasons that we, that we love her and it's because she is a Latina who is in power, who is speaking up against cis white men and who mm -hmm. is, has found her voice and is not afraid. And that is something that 
I think a lot of people, including myself, find very inspirational, you know, to me, I'm like, we, and I will always believe this, like black, brown, we need to celebrate our icons. And Mm. I don't think that white owned businesses know how to do that properly. That's a niche that we can fill and that we can use to uplift our own people. I agree. Yeah. I think we crave to like, when, when we see ourselves represented, uh, we gravitate towards that because for so long we were, uh, that wasn't available or that wasn't yep. visible. I wonder if then like, do we reflect on like past icons who didn't get their recognition? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we know Selena, yeah. we know Selena got her recognition. We, I mean, <laughs> Netflix shouldn't have gone that far, but okay, we, we got it. But like, there's yeah. so many like people like Gloria and Saldua yeah. who did so much work for like queer brown folk and never got yeah. the, the shine that sh- uh, yeah. she rightfully deserved. So. And, and again, like when you're asking about designs, I think, that is always with every design that I think of, I really ruminate on the fact of like, okay, what is this? What part of Girl Collective is this serving? Is this serving the social justice part? Is this serving the intersectional feminist part? Mm -hmm. Is this serving the representing women of color part? Like what part of it is it serving? Because if it doesn't fit in any of the buckets, then we're not doing it. As much Mm -hmm. as I want to, you know, whatever it is, like, it has to serve the purpose of, of the meaning behind the brand, you know? I'm excited to see that Bad Bunny stuff. I need a Bad Bunny full body pillow. Uh, oh, yeah. You can, I'm giving you that idea right now. So that way I I will be your first customer. You can get like the yeah. promo shots. Oh you know how well God. those would sell? It's that an idea. very true. That I'm gonna give you that one. True. I'm gonna give you that one. Just cut me 10%. Say I want to start my own lifestyle brand. Um, let's call it uh, Chancla Collective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was what would some advice be that you give me? I, I hate Chancla, so I don't know why I said that, but it came to my mind. <laughs> I don't know. Like it feels like during pandemic time. Are you on TikTok? I unfortunately, uh, yep. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So I feel like in this age of TikTok, and I've said this before, but like a lot of people see these businesses blow up overnight and they're like, Oh my God, all I need to do is like, you know, start this lip gloss company or do whatever. And one TikTok video and like, we're good, you know, Mm -hmm. that can be so damaging to somebody's (laughs) ego because that's not always what happens. Running a business is so exciting. And if you are the type of person who wants something new every day and who doesn't want two days to be the same, like it's amazing. You know, Mm -hmm. when you get there, it's amazing. Does it take a while to get there? Yes. When I started Girl Collective 2017, we made nothing basically. You know, 2018, still basically nothing because I didn't have any money to buy inventory. Uh, 2019, I was working a full-time job and still Mm -hmm. could barely afford to buy inventory. 2020, it took three years, which is what people would always say, like, takes three years to build a successful Mm. business. And I'd always be like, oh, it's so long. Like, (laughs) who has the patience? But by year three, we were actually turning a profit. I was actually able to hire a couple people. Like, then I was like, oh, okay. Like, but I wasn't ready for it to be at that level two years ago either, you know? So I think that my advice is just to have patience, to build meticulously and, and slow building is okay this overnight success thing is like, it did happen to us at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I think that that overnight growth, sometimes people don't talk about how hard that can be. And when you're growing slow and steady, like you're learning at the same time, you know, and obviously growing quickly also teaches you a lot in a very short amount of time. But I think just knowing that like, you're going to have to put your time into it and 
you're not going to be your own boss and be paying yourself a salary in a year, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, it might take a few years. That's, I think, one thing that like, when it does get to that point, it's so it's much sweeter when you're like, okay, I really did learn so much through this experience and it didn't happen overnight, (laughs) but good things rarely do happen overnight, you know? Yeah. I'm sorry. The cat has been like, (laughs) I don't know if you see, she literally, what she does, she'll tap my shoulder. Hold on. What? Let's go. To me. Okay. (laughs) So cute. Embarrassing. Freaking child. Anyways, I don't think I'd have any success with my chanclas. It's okay. (laughs) So in the next like three years, where do you see Girl Collective going? Yeah. Um my dream and my hope is to be able to donate. I'm always speaking this into existence, but <laughs> by the end of this year, I want to be able to donate $50,000 to the causes that we donate to. Last year, we donated 10. I have high hopes for this year. because Oh, for the people, year, you don't just donate to India. You donate to other places no. as well, correct? Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. want to explain where, so you, we, where your yeah. money goes? We donate 20% off tops of, every, of our proceeds all the time to Girls Education in India. And then we donate $5 of each of our Lucha design tees to Black Lives Matter. And then we donate $5 of each of our Erica Muñoquita mugs and also our Lucha Kids tee to Raices in Texas for immigration legal fees. So my goal is to make that donation pot bigger and bigger every year. Um, in three years, I want to be able to expand to another country with girls' education. So the goal has always been to be supporting at least 10 girls in India for their entire education throughout the year. It is also my dream to build a space there that is like a safe space for these girls and and other um, women and girls who want to learn. And eventually the next part, the next place would be Mexico is where I would Mm -hmm. obviously like to extend that program to. Um, And obviously expanding our products and just being able to be an all-around lifestyle brand when it comes to different things in the house mm-hmm. and things that people can continue buying over and over and gifting and all of that stuff. That's awesome. I like to do a little something to wrap up uh, called yes. Rapid Fire. I still haven't thought of a better name. Nobody has contributed to a better name for <laughs> these Rapid Fire questions. So it's just Rapid Fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So your current favorite item on the website. Fuck white supremacy sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, I just need that tattooed right here. <laughs> uh, first place you're heading to post lockdown COVID era. Lord knows when that'll be, but. Oh God, I don't know. Tulum or London. <laughs> Ooh, good. We already kind of went over this, but childhood crush. Um, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. <laughs> Girl, now you know. He was, he, yes, yes. Also, my husband is Andrew Rodriguez, and so I did become Mrs. Rodriguez, just like I thought I was going to. Hey, (laughs) goals, for real. Uh, Favorite family dish, like something your family makes? My mom's enchiladas. Ooh, what kind? Just cheese, chicken? Red, chicken, cheese. Ooh, red chicken, okay. Respect. And um, for me, like creating this podcast was a way for me to just shout out Again, businesses, bands, individuals who are doing really great things, but I also want them to extend that and um, shout out someone or something uh, that people should be supporting. So if you know of someone or of a business that you uh, want to shout out, 
now would be the time. To oh my God. <laughs> I have so many of these, literally. Um, but probably top of mind, um, Jen Ziano Designs, which I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a Texan and she is one of the first people and still is, we talk every single day. Um, but when I was starting Girl Collective, she, I reached out to her to do a giveaway and she had like a gajillion more followers than me at that point. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And that helped me to really build, start building my community. And mm-hmm. since then has been there for me when it comes to business questions and all of that stuff. And so um, when we started the Slack channel to then extend that sort of relationship to other small businesses, other Latina owned businesses, um, we, I feel like it's just really, we have such a great friendship and that we call each other biz besties. So yeah, and she, she is a Latina lifestyle brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put out such amazing stuff that's so empowering for the community, including the Latina power shirt, which is basically like a celebrity on its own. Yeah. <laughs> Not, when you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen it on people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So Jen's a lot of designs. Okay. And yeah. I'll have to get her Instagram from you. But I, I just, I, I do want to say like immense respect for you because I, when I asked you if what you, where you saw Girl Collective going, I assumed like a pop-up or like, I want to like not have to have a hand in things or something like that. And you obviously want to keep going and like uh, doing better for others, which um, you're my kind of person Thank if you want to keep doing that. So Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you talking to me, Christine. Um, Thank you. This was I'm, wonderful. To shop Girl Collective, be sure to head to their Instagram and website, at Girl Collective. Oh yeah, but just remember there's no I in girl. Get it? Eh? Eh? Christine's personal Instagram is at HeyChristine16, and her bizbff, as she called her, is at Gensano Designs. Side note, I will for sure be buying that chingona necklace on her website. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure you're following us on the gram at OyeThePod. Thank you all for being so patient with me and for tuning in. I I swear this time I'm going to be back next week. I pinky promise. I'm working on it already. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great week. Bye-bye.